while the kids are descending upon those who are going to teach them the word today. Thank you, Jesus. God loves you. Just close your eyes with me really fast. God loves you. He's for you, not against you. He's with you. You matter to him. You're important to him. God loves you. When you're tired, when you feel weak, he is your strength. God loves you. When the world comes against you, he's standing for you. He's gone before you because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you, Lou. He loves you, Ishmael. He loves you, Grant. Ernie, he loves you. Mike, he loves you. Wendy, he loves you. He loves you. He just loves you. We don't deserve the love of God, but he loves you. He chose you. So Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for love that we didn't deserve. I thank you for love that we couldn't make happen. We can't work our way into your love. You just love us because you chose us before you created the foundations of the earth. You chose us. You thought of us. You love us. You had a redemption plan through your son, Jesus Christ. So that we would know that you love us. Know that he loves you. And right now, while we're in his presence, I want you to just stretch your hands forward. And whether I get in trouble for this or not, Pastor Joshua needs your prayers. He's been fighting just this illness. It's going around to a lot of people. 
but your leaders need your prayers. They don't just, they're not, not just the strong ones that stand in front. Are they that? Yes, but they need your prayers. So Father, right now, I just pray for my brother. I pray for Pastor Joshua. I pray for the man of God that you've set as the head of this house knowing that you're the ultimate head, Father. I just pray healing over his body right now in Jesus' name. God, I command that body to come into alignment with what you've said about him, that he is full and complete, that he is healed by your stripes. Father, just as a body attacks the the cells that are weak, that are broken, attacks the viruses and the bacteria. Father, as a body of Christ, let's stand together, Father, and we come against anything that would come against Pastor Josh, to come against my brother in the faith. And we say, be gone in Jesus' name. Say, be gone in Jesus' name. Come on, body, say, be gone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Keep praying, keep believing. He's seeking the Lord for you. He wants to hear directly from the Lord so that he does what God calls him to do for you. I know the man. He loves you. He loves you, but he loves you because Christ loves him and he knows that. And you need to know that. You need to know that God loves you. You need to know that everywhere you go, God's with you, he's in you, he's for you, and he loves you. Never give up, never get tired. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Those of you who don't really know who I am, some of you will get my name wrong. I learned this morning, but that's all right. Don't worry about my face, Ernie. When I get in the presence of God, something shifts in me. I don't care what my flesh does. I don't care if I look silly, sound silly. I probably sound funny. I'm from Kansas. Come on, Logan. I mean, I'm, you know what I mean. Does it really matter who you are as long as you're who you are in Him? I've got to introduce myself. I am, uh, you know, Paul was the aged. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to title myself Jared the Generator because I did power engineering for so many years of my life, and now I just want to energize you to live for him. But my name is Jared Dorsch. This is my wife, Charlene. We're full-time missionaries. Yes, you see me around some, but, you know, we got to raise support. That's the facts. And before I forget, I just want to remind you as well, not just to pray for Pastor Josh, but to pray for David and Nolia Cordeaux, who are over in Cambodia, and a few, I don't even remember. Philippines, Philippines sorry, the Philippines. They'll be going to Cambodia. They're going all through Southeast Asia. 
Keep them in prayers. If you didn't know, the world is not your friend. The world is definitely not the friend of a Christian anymore. And the persecution is coming to the U.S., spoiler alert. And I'm not trying to make you afraid. I'm trying to make you aware. It is going to come. Whether you want it to or not, whether you want to deny it because it's too much to think about or not, it is going to come. So pray for those who are going to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep them in prayers. Jesus came and he got all upset and he threw tables and all sorts of stuff because he said, my house will be a house of prayer. Pray for those who go. Pray for yourselves. Pray for your leaders. Pray for one another. If you're too busy with your time to sit down and lay hands on each other and believe for one another, then I think we're broken as a body, to be honest. I was sitting in a house of a friend and my friend was going through something and I'm sitting there and I, I, I love him and we're talking and I'm like, what am I doing? And I stood up and I walked over and I laid hands and I said, just be healed in Jesus' name. It's not me, it's him in me. It's not you, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I got to go back to what I was supposed to do. Sorry, I'm going to get all fired up here. Worship, literally, you could just take my notes and quote them from worship. I actually wrote down half the lyrics to worship because it is my notes. But my name is Jared Dorsch. Sorry, this is Charlene. We started an organization called Rise Nations, R-I-S-E nations.org. If you want to come visit us, we need your support. We need monthly support, whether it's $5, $10, $20, $1,000. For some of you, $10,000, i will take it. You know what I mean? Why? Because we go into the nations to preach the gospel. And it costs money, whether you like it or not, whether I like it. I wish it didn't. I wish I could just go and show up and not have to think about money ever. But that's just not the reality of the world we live in. So please feel free to give us a Pentecostal handshake, love on us, whatever. Right? You know what I'm talking about. I'm shaking down your, your paddy wagon with all the food in it later. But that's who we are. We take missionary teams overseas. We just took, well, I just took Jeremy who was playing bass and here coming up at the end of this month, Jeremy and I went to India. At the end of this month on the 30th, Jeremy, me, Daniel, and a guy none of you know, his name's Thomas from Los Angeles, are going back to India. And the pastors want us there, they want the impartation that Americans carry in the spirit, but we, it's just not the same as it once was. Pray for India. Pray for the Christians who live in India. You don't pray for me, I, you know, I'll be fine. I got a wife, she prays for me, I know that. Pray for the people in India. It's, the world's different, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, just being honest. So after India, we're going to be back for a couple weeks, and then my wife and I are heading to England, where we're going to be in England hosting 30 Swedish teenagers. So if you guys want to come and help us with 30 Swedish teenagers, you're invited. And you're welcome. We'll help you get there. But we're going to have 30 Swedish teenagers come, and they help us with a food distribution program that we started during COVID that's still feeding 600 boxes of fresh fruit and veg to struggling families in England. I'm a firm believer that even the first world needs help. You know what I mean? We all know people who need help. So we're going to be hosting them, and then we're going to be off to, well, preaching around England, 
raising awareness, trying raising support. We're going to be speaking with people, hosting meetings, hosting worship nights. Then we're going to be off to Germany. Looks at wife for confirmation. Off to Germany where we're just pray for us in Germany. I'm not going to go into details. Just pray for open doors. We really have a heart for Germany and Eastern Europe for some reason just keeps resonating. They just don't know Jesus. They don't know the name of Jesus. See, this is why you should be doing this. They don't know the name of Jesus, so we're going to bring it to them. Since the wall, since communism fell and all those things, it's a different world out there. For those of you who went with our team to Poland, that we did a building renovation project. We took a team, for those of you who don't know us, to Poland. We took 25. Over the course of two weeks, we did a building renovation project. I'm sorry if you know all this already, but some of you don't, so i got to tell you. But they've completed it. They've moved in. So for those of you who went and did what you did, I thank you. They thank you. It is a huge, massive deal that Ukrainian refugees have a full-time place to call home again. To restart again. Just like we do when we know Jesus. After Germany, we're going to be heading to Romania because Romania heard that we did a building project in Poland and said, can you come? Can you bring a team? So we're settling dates. It's either going to be May or September. I'm thinking we're leaning towards September. Again, looks at wife for confirmation. Uh, so if any of you are even intrigued by that idea, keep your ears to the ground. Start asking. For, we're going to go. So this is me by faith. We are going to go. So if that's you, if you know you're called to go, if you even have an inkling of an idea that there's a tug in your heart to go, that means go. Start planning now. Get your passports. Raise support. It's not going to be a free trip. Flights aren't free. I love you enough to not pay for you because I want to stretch your faith for you to believe for the finances that God has for you when he calls you to go. He's your provider. End of story. Even when you're home, by the way. Side note. She can't take it. Here we go. She's going to straighten me out. Did I get that right, though? Oh, there it is. Hey, thanks. You got my hint. <laughs> um, Romania is just a really awesome, 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 awesome opportunity. I was in Moldova when I was near their age, and um, the the pastor's daughter was my age. At, well, I guess she's still my age. We were young together, single at the same time, and now her and her husband, they're an international couple. She's Moldovan, actually Russian, Moldovan born, and um, her husband's from Holland, and they stepped out into full-time missions work as well, and they were in a different part of Romania ministering to the Muslim community there, and now they've joined into a YWAM base they saw, and like together we've been seeing each other grow in ministry, and so this is a really like personal trip as well as a, just an opportunity to pour into the lives of people that are hopeless. I was actually, I'm going to tell a quick testimony if I can, thanks. Um, I had a really like 
wonderful, kind moment where my friend gifted me a facial with this diamond thing. It was fantastic. I do recommend. I don't know how much it is, but it was a gift, and I was thankful for it. I'm telling you this because the girl that was doing it was not my friend. It was this professional, and she's doing my face. And prior to this, I was asking the Lord to give me opportunities to to place in my heart um, um, a prophetic word for people that were just around me, not just in church, but people on the streets, people shopping. I just wasn't really wanting him to do it while I was relaxing. (laughs) And so here she is scraping my skin off, and the Lord goes, she's telling me her story, and she said she's actually moving back home, and the Lord goes, it's because one of her parents are passing away. And I was like, I'm not saying that. Oh, Lord. And so I'm there, and she's and she's doing my face, and I'm telling her a little bit about my testimony. And I was like, you know, the hope that I have in Jesus is not just for people that haven't heard the name of Jesus. It's not just for people that it, it's more obvious, but businessmen, professionals, People all over the world have no hope, and they need the hope of Jesus in their lives. And then she told me a a heartbreaking um, story of her friend, and she goes, yeah, my friend, I know exactly what you mean. She needed hope, and she let go of it, and she needed Jesus. And I was like, and if I may, I believe that as I'm laying here trying to forget my job, I can't. And I feel like God, the Lord has told me that you're actually moving back, not to persco- pursue school, but because one of your parents are really, really sick. And she just starts crying. She goes, my dad has been sick for three months. They've done all these tests, and they don't know. And I was like, well, guess what? Now you know the hope, the one who came to save, to restore, to heal, to give him salvation, to give him peace. And she left that room with full of hope, full of joy. And she goes, now what? Do I just go back to church? And I was like, yes. Pray, read your Bible, tell people about this hope. Pray over your dad because you have Jesus living inside of you. And he is the hope of salvation. And he is the hope, the one that gives us life and life abundant. And so this is the hope that we get to bring to every nation, to every people, young, old, rich, poor, lacking ones that wear like leather for clothing I'm thinking of like Africa in the middle of Africa I wear leather for clothing too but not just (laughs) Um, and so we're just really excited to to go into every nation into every tribe into every community and bring this hope that we have in Jesus and when I learned that he mentioned it in Germany that they never, some of them still haven't heard the name of Jesus, even though they live in a more Western world. And so we're just really dedicated to hearing, to bringing the, the good news to all the nation and, and to all the world and to preach the good news. And so we're excited. And guess what? You are not supposed to just sit in your seat. The Bible says what? Go. Go. It does. That's what it says. That was his commandment to us. So we're just giving the church an opportunity to come with us and go. Also, you were talking about finance. The Bible also says if you're looking for a breakthrough to sow, 
to go above and beyond tithe. It's called an offering, and it's a seed that you plant, and it will return. The Bible says to place a seed, and if you, I'm not going to go into it, but if you're looking for a breakthrough in your life, if you feel like you can't afford to go, sow a sacrificial gift, because guess what? He will return it a hundred living testimonies of that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I got. So come to Romania or anywhere else we go. You're always welcome. Young, old, it doesn't matter. We'll take you. And we go because Jesus said to go. And that kind of segues into the word God gave me today, but just do what he said. I mean, I say it all the time when I'm here. I know that. So maybe to you, like, oh, don't you have another message? No, I don't. The gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't change because you want to hear something different. The message of Jesus doesn't, this, he doesn't rewrite this because you don't want to do it. Or if you don't agree with it, he doesn't rewrite it for you. He wrote it for you so that you could agree with him and then do what he's called you to do. And it may sound like a lot. It may sound like, well, where's the freedom in that? Can I tell you the greatest freedom you'll ever experience is when you lay down your life for him? Your greatest freedom you'll ever experience the rest of your life is when you lay down your life for him. That means what you say, what you do, how you act. It doesn't matter. We need to know how much God loves us. He told me that this morning when we were standing up here. I asked her to stay because I felt the presence of God in this room trying to tell you, trying to get through to some of you how much he actually loves you. And our response in return, he tells us how to respond in return. If you love me, you'll just do what I've asked you to do. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Honor your father and mother. I know you guys are good at that. And if you're not, come see me afterwards. It's not, he said that the commandments of God are not burdensome. I'm about to read it. I've got a lot of scripture, so I've got to go fast. So I'm from Kansas. I talk slow. Today I'm going to channel my inner Italian New York because I married one and try and talk really fast and clear. Pray for me. <laughs> Elaine's looking at me like, oh boy. <laughs> Kansas that talks fast. Ironic. Conundrum. I got all fired up during worship, by the way. Who doesn't like to be in the presence of God and sing and dance? And I love you all enough. Next time the kids get moving, just move with them. We, you don't have to jump like they jump. I mean, I tried to. I'm 41, all right? Like, if I can jump, some of you still can jump that aren't jumping. You know what I'm saying? Excuse eliminated. I played basketball the other day. Whew, I'm hurting still, but I still will move my feet and jump. Why? Because when you're free, Ernie, you're free in Christ Jesus, and that's the best place to be. When you don't care what you look like to the world around you, you'll know that you're beginning to walk in the true freedom that God has for you. My wife's great at it. First John. You got your Bibles, turn to First John chapter 5. Can I say something to you? And you've heard me say some of you before. Start bringing your Bibles to church. 
someday in the future, you might not be able to charge your cell phone. Just saying, what are you going to do then? You gotta, there's something about reading with your eyes. Phones are too easy to get distracted. I'd rather read from now in emergency. This is the opinion of Jared Dorsch, okay? So take, take it for what it's worth, especially you guys. Get a Bible in your hand. But the fact is, is that the opinion of Jared Dorsch is this. You need to learn how to read out of this and forget your phone for a while. Because this thing is your instructions for the rest of your life and tells you who you are. And yes, I know I can read it on a phone in many different translations, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Get a Bible. <laughs> just be honest. I can take your phone from you. I just unplug the power. I know how to actually do that. Like, literally. I'll turn off the generator. I've probably installed it. You know what I mean? Like, I know how to do... But what I can't take from you is something that you hold so dear that has no other power source than the one who gave it power by his word when he created the earth and he began to create everything that you see and know and begin to create the way for you to be free and it's written between these pages. And his name's Jesus. Get a Bible. First John, that has nothing to do with what I'm going to say. I don't care. Someone needed to hear that. You really need to get an actual Bible and start reading an actual Bible. Put down all the fun novels and all those things. The, 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 the time is coming that we need to know Him. And I'm not talking like, oh, no, I know Jesus. No, I'm talking know Him. Jesus, I'm fast-forwarding, and then I'm going to go backward. At, in Luke 18, Jesus said, when I come again, will I really find faith on the earth? That's what Jesus said. He said, when I come back, he's coming back. The end is going to come whether you want to accept it or not, believe it or not, whatever. He's going to return. And when he returns, his words were, will I really find faith on the earth? Well, how do I build my faith? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by what? The word of God. How do I acknowledge my king when I can't necessarily say I believe because I don't know who he is. And some of us, we just want to take the New Testament and get rid of the old. Guess what? Jesus is the word from Genesis to Revelations. He's not just the new covenant. I'm thankful that we have the new covenant. But he's not just that. He's everything in between. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with Him. Who's it talking about? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, we have a better covenant. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Because none of us are so perfect that we can uphold the law. He fulfilled it and then wrote it on your heart. He wrote the Old Testament in your heart you got to get to know them. Don't avoid it because it's sometimes hard to digest. You know how you get to digest it? Read it more. Because the Holy Spirit, the one He gave you, the one He left so that you could have, His Spirit living in you said, I'll reveal to you. That's why when I sit down to read the Word and you've heard people say, ask Him. Guys, you younger guys, ask Him. What are you saying? He said he's a rewarder 
of those who diligently seek Him. A rewarder. We're always coming to Him like, Lord, like, look what I did. Won't you reward me? And it's like you took one scripture and avoided the rest of the week. What's your reward? That's, that's not even a reasonable service to Him. I'm sorry, I'm just hung up on being in the Word today. That had nothing to do with, you know what? It has everything to do with apparently what He wants to say. Get in the Word. Full stop. To use my British English. That means period. Full stop. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'll just do it. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. To break that down so it's not confusing for you, if you love God, you must love the Son. You can't say, I love you, Lord, but Jesus, I'll, I'll just take part of you that I want. Hello, that's arguing with this thing. God, I love you, but I'm not sure if I believe everything that's in here. If you love him, you'll love him. You see what I'm saying? Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and do what? Keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. The love of God is that we keep his commandments. It's not complicated. It really isn't that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. We think they are. We like to act sometimes like they are. Like, oh man, what do you mean I got to love my friend? They just said something stupid to me. You know what I mean? We get upset. We're people are fickle. We're weak. The minute we think we're tough, we're just like cut right at the knees and we realize how weak we are. Our attitudes are weak, our anger is weak, our frustration is weak, our response is weak. His commandments aren't burdensome. Love thy neighbor as thyself. How do you do it? Not by you. By the one who lives in you. By the one who set you free. Freely you've received the gift of life. Freely give it back whether they deserve it or not. Isn't that what Jesus did at the cross for us? His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God, this is what I need you to get. This is exactly what Elaine was saying from the piano earlier today. Sorry, keyboard. This is what she was saying. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Some of you still struggling with the world. Why? Do you believe that He is who He said He is or do you not? If you do believe, you've overcome the world. Yes, you've got to learn what that means. Yes, you've got to learn how to walk that out. That's called being in the Word of God and knowing who you are. But you've overcome the world. You've overcome the world. By believing that Jesus is the Christ. By believing that He is the Son of God. Right before this, He said, if you love me, you'll love the Son. And if you love me, you'll just do what I said. And all you have to do is believe that He is. And when you believe that He is who He said He was, you've overcome the world. Just like that. 
You've overcome every argument. Every, everything has been done at the cross for you. And the resurrected life that you now live is one of victory and faith in Christ Jesus. So stop walking around with your head held down, struggling, fighting, trying to believe. No, you're free in Jesus' name. You've overcome in Jesus' name. And the victory is yours in Jesus' name. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Told you it's not complicated. What's your victory? Faith in Jesus. How do you pray for someone you don't know what to pray for? Faith in Jesus. How do you minister to your friend that you know is hurting? Faith in Jesus. You're not that smart. Neither am I. He knows what they need. He knows what you have need of before you ask. He definitely knows what one of his lost has need of before they ask. So ask for them. Lord, what do you want me to say to this person? I have the victory. I don't always feel like it. The Bible didn't say feel like you have the victory and you'll have the victory. You have the victory. Whether you feel like it or not, you do. Just own it. When you go to the shop and buy it, do you have a truck? No? Your car? What do you got? BMW. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, healing and deliverance will be prayed for after church. So you got a BMW. You go to buy a BMW. When you go, dang it. Actually, that's pretty awesome. Do you, did you buy You got a truck. Did you buy it? He cheated the system. He got it for free. Did, you did buy it. <laughs> you got the Lord. Come on. But you bought your truck. When you went to buy your truck, did you go pay for your truck and then leave without it? Some of you go to the cross, you get given a free gift, and then you go home without it. That's not overcoming. We say, Lord, Lord, you know, here I am. Like, I, just bless me with this. Take care of this. Would you do this? And then we leave him at the dealership and wonder why sometimes we go through what we do. Just go back to the dealer. Take what's rightfully yours. What's rightfully yours when you're feeling depressed is victory in Jesus Christ. What's rightfully yours when you're feeling frustrated is victory in Jesus Christ. What's rightfully yours when you're arguing with your spouse is victory in Jesus Christ. Do you walk in it perfectly every day? I sure as heck don't. Ask my wife. You know what I mean. But it doesn't mean it's not available. You've already been given it in Jesus Christ. What kind of faith? Faith in Jesus. That's our victory. Well, a lot of scriptures. I don't know. Romans chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. You've got to understand the faith in Jesus Christ thing. You need to understand because that's the very thing that the devil is going to try and take from you. He can't, but he's going to try and convince you he can. He can't take the word of God from you, but he's going to try and convince you it's not real. He can't take your life, but he's going to convince you that it's not worth anything. He can't do it. 
He has been defeated. The work of the cross was finished. It's not so. When he comes again, he's just going to put the devil in his rightful place, reminding him like you can. That's why the Bible said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why? Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're seated with him in heavenly places. Romans chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. You've got to understand the faith you have. He, Abraham. Guys, no. Abraham is the father of the faith. He's the father of the nations. Why? Because he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What is righteousness? It's right standing with the Father in heaven. When you are righteous, you are made right. You're not made half right, half wrong. You're not made almost there, not quite there. You are made right, finished with him, the one who created it all. You're made right with him. You can't undo what he's done. You either believe it or you don't. It has been finished. Jesus said at the cross, it is finished. God doesn't use words for the sound of, oh, look how good I sounded. No, he used the truth and only the truth. It is finished. Verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Abraham didn't waver about the promise. God said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He's 100 years old. Sarah's womb was dried up. She's like a raisin. I'm not going to say the other thing that just popped in my head. He'd been dried up, but he did not waver. Do you waver when it comes to being an overcomer in Jesus Christ? I venture to say most of you do. I do sometimes. I have the victory in Jesus Christ, so why don't I act like it all the time? I don't know. I'm trying to learn how to and trying to stand in that truth all the time, but I got to keep renewing my mind by the Word, the Word, the Word, which is Jesus written down. Some of you have read autobiographies of people. It's their life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You don't come to the Father except through Him. So Abraham didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, even though the promise had not yet come. And then listen to what happens. And being fully convinced. Are you fully convinced? Because if you're fully convinced, your life changes like that. When you become fully convinced of who you are in Christ, who he is to you, and that he is the son of God, your life will change like that. Does everything change? Yes. Do you agree with everything that changes? Not always. That's why you stay in the word. Now I know why the word came out. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Your faith is accounted to you for righteousness. You, getting ahead of myself, 2 Corinthians, I'm just going to read it. You're going to have to bear with me on time. I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says this, for he made him, God made Jesus, okay, He made him, that's what that means. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. What's that mean? He took 
Ernie's sin, my sin, my wife's sin, your sin, everyone in this room's sin, everyone in the world's sin, everyone who ever existed, sin. And became the very thing that is sin. You get upset when someone wrongs you. Think of the whole world who wronged you and you did nothing wrong. That's what he became because he loved you, not because he deserved it. I told you God loves you. He took everything wrong to ever be done in the history of mankind, both before and until the future, until he comes again. He took everything and became the darkness and the blackness of your sin. Why? Because he loves you. He said he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus' righteousness wasn't even for him. It was for you and for me. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He was already right standing with the Father. He was the Son, born of the Spirit. And He came home to be with the Father so that we could receive the Son and be born again of the Spirit to become His righteousness. He redeemed you and me for His righteousness, not yours. But we become righteous in the very act. It's imputed to us. That means it's legally ours. You're right standing before the Father if you believe. Why am I harboring on this? There's a point to this whole thing. I'm fired up. I'm sorry if you don't like a preacher that gets fired up. Deal with it. I love the Word of God. I love Jesus. I'm not perfect, but there's something that happens when His Word comes alive in my spirit because i got to take it with me places. You may not think that you got to go somewhere to a foreign nation. I do. I know what i got to take. I don't take Jared Dorsch, the engineer. I take Jared Dorsch, a child of God, with a message to say, God loves you. That's it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to believe that He sent His Son. That He sent His Son to die and was resurrected so that you could have new life because He loves you that much. And I get excited about it. You should get excited about it too. Just because you go to a normal job in the United States, you should be excited that you have the free gift of righteousness with the one who created it all. You know what justified means? It means a full payment of debt for sin which liberates the believer. Romans 4, 22, or 23 actually, going back to where it says for, for Abraham it was accounted to him for righteousness. It said now that it is written for not his sake alone that it was imputed to him. I told you imputed but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in Him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Your debt was paid by Him. Full stop. 
There ain't nothing you can do to work your way into salvation, to do enough right things, to be perfect enough, to say enough of the right things, to love enough the right way, to do any. There is nothing that you can do. He gave it to you because he loves you. You've been paid for. You've been bought with the price. Your sin deserved death, whether you want to admit it or not. And he paid for you when he said 2,024 years ago, it is finished. What was finished? The debt was paid. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So why does this all matter? I am going to do it in the time. Look at me go. Why does it all matter? Why does it matter that, Logan, that you're justified and right standing with God? Why did I tell you all of this? Well, for some of you, you actually need to actually hear it. Some of you might not actually realize that you have been justified, that you have been made righteous. It is done. It is finished. And if I could go to the cross for you and say it is finished, so you got the point, I would. I can't. Jesus already did that. It's done. Stop wondering if he loves you enough. Stop wondering if you're good enough. Stop wondering if what he has for you is enough. It is enough. It was always enough because he loved you. He planned for you before the foundations of the earth. He had a purpose for your life. He had something for you to do for his glory so that you could walk in his way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you love me, you'll do what I'm asking you to do. It's not hard. Come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Doesn't mean you don't go through trials and tribulations. No, the Bible promises that. It just means that your position in a tribulation is different than what it is when you feel you don't deserve it. It's a whole different thing when I go through something and I already know I have the victory. I just got to wait for the end of the battle than it is if I'm in the battle and I'm not sure if I know how to win. I'm a soldier. I know what that's like. It's a different position. Doesn't mean the battle doesn't happen. No. It means your position in the battle, your viewpoint changes. My viewpoint comes from I'm justified and I'm righteous and I can stand on the victory that is in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean that the battle's not raging around me. It just means that I'm, when I'm fighting, I just swing knowing that he's swinging with me. Where's my video gamers at? The few of you? All right, I'll talk to you guys for a minute. Back in the day, there's a game called Final Fantasy. You know this game? <sighs> anyway, it, you know it? He's got his hand up. My man. There's this game called Final Fantasy, and these guys, you know, the guy in the video game would be like my, you know, I don't know, Logan's height. You're pretty tall. You're getting taller anyway. You know, but the sword that he carried was like from here to the, the roof. That's what it's like when you know that you have the victory in Jesus Christ. You can stand holding something that you know you can't do on your own because you're with the one who only can do it through you and has already done it for you. Now take your fight to the enemy. They've already lost. It is finished. They can only convince you 
that it's not over. They can convince you. Just as it was in the beginning. And this is what I came to tell you today. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Can I tell you something before I read this? Just bear with me. Just give me a few minutes of... God began speaking to me about this word. And it just began to change the entire way I saw the world around me. It began to change me. And it began to change what I realized is in front of the rest of humanity until Jesus comes again because it's already begun. I'm telling you that you're right standing, that you're victorious, that you're justified. I want you to bring your Bibles and write these things down. Why? Because you're going to forget if you don't. And some of you, like me, when I was younger, I'd write them down and then just not open my notebook. But you know what happened? I kept writing them down, and then I would remember, oh, that's kind of where that was. Why? There's something that happens when you respond to what you hear. And when God began to show me this, it began to stick out to me like those red birds on that white tree. If you can't see them, it's because it's black behind you. But right on this tree, there's a whole bunch of red birds on a white tree. Now, what if I told you that's a black tree and blue birds? What are you laughing at? Ernie, you didn't know that was a black tree and blue birds? I know you weren't, but I'm asking. Did you know that was a black tree with blue? Who believes me that that was a black tree with blue birds? Anybody? Why wouldn't you believe me? Because I'm telling you a lie. It's a white tree with red birds. Now, what if I told you this? That's actually white number six and red number 14. Some of you would be like, I didn't know there was a white number six. I didn't know there was a red number 14. Now, some of you, especially you phone nuts, are already Googling. You're already Googling. Google, Google, Google. You're already Googling, is there a white number six and a red number 14? And then if you find something called white number six and red number 14, you're then going to hold it up and be like, is that really the color? You see, in just a matter of seconds on something that you know is so obvious, some of your minds went a thousand miles an hour in five different directions. All because, not that I told you a blatant lie, but I told you something that looks almost like the truth. This is the fight that you have the rest of your days. The battle that's been won if you so choose to stand in the victory. But it does mean that you have something to do. I'm sorry. This is where the yoke is easy and the burden light part comes in. Okay? Now I'm going to read it. And I want you to know that this is actually going to be the question, especially, I'm glad you guys are here, your generation, Hannah and Jake, your generation. Everyone's going to be involved in this, but you guys have been assaulted from the time you were children. Because the end's drawing near. Hello? But your guys' generation, these, your guys' generation, the ones below you, you've been assaulted on what? I'm about to read. 
Actually, I'm going to go to chapter 2. Verse 15, Then the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve. This is creation. God created the world. God put Adam and Eve in the Garden. In the, well, at this point, Adam and Eve in the garden. He put trees in the garden. And he said, of all the trees you can eat, except for this one, which is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You can even eat the tree of life, Ernie. Tree of life was in there. You want to take it? Take it. You got the tree of life, buddy. I'm going with you, just saying. But of this tree, God said, you, you shall not eat of it, because when you do, you'll, you'll die. In that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die, to quote it exact from my translation, which is the only one that matters. So the Lord, in verse 16 of chapter 2, said, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay. Small context, just for a minute, for our heads. That'd be the equivalent you're just my favorite today, Logan. It's the shoes. That'd be the equivalent of your, of your dad coming to you and say, Logan, don't do this because this is the outcome. Okay, got it? Now, Isaac is a crafty fella, and he's going to go to his friend Logan and say, really? Really? I mean, come on, dude. Check this out. You know, really? No, what happened in the garden? It was one question that changed the course of history. There's one question that you're going to face the rest of your life. You guys are going to face the rest of your life. And the dynamics of the people in the sphere of your influence, you're going to face. You guys the same. You're going to face this question. And the question is going to come because the world's been asking it. And now it's coming to you children before you even know everything. And it's going to come at you. And it's going to come like this. And it says, has God indeed said? Chapter 3, verse 1. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? They didn't come with some temptation and calling a white tree black and a red bird blue. All he said was, that's white number six. That's red number 16. He didn't offer a lie. He offered confusion. He offered the question, did God really say? Why did I start with righteousness, overcoming, justification? Because the question's going to come to you. Did God really say that though? Do you really have the victory in him? Do you really have everything pertaining to life and godliness? Do you really, are you really saved? Those are the questions that come. I don't even have to have sometimes someone ask me that. All I have to do is open this up and read it. And sometimes I'm like, ooh. question is, do you believe it? The question the world's going to ask you and that I'm going to ask you is, did God really say? That's why I said get in the Word of God. Because I can promise you this. It's by what that you overcome? Faith. You have a choice. And I, I do have to read this scripture. I'm sorry. I'll wrap it up quick. You always have a choice. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
Verse 4. Some of you can already quote it because you've been in your word. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in you, mighty in God. You're not that mighty, no offense. Actually, please be offended at the gospel because it's an offense to those who are perishing. He came to bring a sword, not peace. He came to set you free. If you're in bondage, I don't set you free with a hug on the back. I break the chains. I break the chains of your bondage. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down every argument. Who's casting it down? You. Where does the argument come? Right here. Well, my friend said it. You're the one who has to deal with it. Yeah, but my sister said it. Don't say it. But this is where you have to deal with it. Though. Casting down every argument. That what? Casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Did God really say? Did God really say? I'm standing before you today because I know for a fact God said I'm standing before you today because I know where my life was heading if I didn't meet the one who made me righteous, who justified me, who gave me the ability to overcome if I just believe that what he said was real. Do you believe? Do you believe? In a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that. But the question is always going to remain. It's always going to go home with you. It's going to meet you in your bedroom. It's going to meet you while you're closing your eyes to sleep. It's going to meet you when you're having dinner, even with a friend. It's going to meet you even in the body of believers. Did God really say? For some of you, the answer is yes, God told you to go to Romania. For some of you, yes, God told you to open your mouth and minister the Word of God to your coworker. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. I don't know about you, but I only can confess not by my actions, but by my words. Confession comes out of your mouth. I just want to give you the opportunity to believe. He did. He gave me the chance to believe. And you know what? Now I believe. You know what I believe, Caleb? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that He hung on a cross to pay for my sin. He justified you and He justified me. And I believe that wherever I go, I carry the kingdom of God with me. Why? Because He said it and I chose to believe it. I took every thought into captivity that said you're not justified, you're not righteous, you're not free, you're still bound by depression, you're still bound by this or by that, you're still stuck in this way or you're still stuck in that. I took those thoughts captive unto the obedience and knowledge of Christ who said I'm free, that I'm righteous, that I'm justified, that I overcome. 
Do I get it right every day? No, neither do you. But guess what? It's called the body of Christ. It's why we encourage one another. We speak to one another. We admonish one another. We sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Why? Because he said it. That's why it's important to read. Yes, Netflix is amusing and can suck you in like a vacuum cleaner. But are you reading who Jesus said that you are? So that the rest of your life can be lived for him. So that when the end comes, you're ready. And that when Jesus returns again, he can say, ah, there's faith. There's faith on the earth. There's someone who believes. Who believes that I am the son of God. Believes that I've set you free. Believes that I've given you all things pertaining to life and to godliness. There's someone who believes that I love them. Freely you've been given. Freely give. Would you stand with me? If you don't know that you know, it's time to. It's time to know who you are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to believe for you and I'm going to believe with you right now. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes so you just don't get distracted. It's easier that way. But if you're here today and you aren't sure that you know that you know, now is the time for you to know that Jesus is who he said he was, who God sent. He came for you. He came to set you free. He's paid for you. You've been bought with a price that you couldn't pay yourself. He's already paid your debt. He's justified you. And on top of justifying you, he made you righteous. You're seated in heavenly places in him. And this is your victory now and forevermore. Your faith that what he said is true. If you're here today and you've been struggling to believe that, I just want you to, with head bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to raise your hand. I see you, 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 I see you. God sees you. I see you, my brother. I see you. So in one accord as one body, I want you to confess with me if you believe. Lord, I believe it's you. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming and setting me free. I know sometimes I've doubted it, but today I declare it. You are the son of the risen God. You have been set free so that I can live in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I just pray for this house today. I thank you that you're good. Lord, I pray that this house would be a house of people who know who they are in Christ Jesus. And I know so many here do. I know that, God. But let us be one as a strong body in unity of faith, in unity of spirit, so that we can stand 
And having done all to stand, we stand, knowing that we're justified, knowing that we're made righteous, knowing that we're overcomers by faith in you. God, I pray that there's a hunger that erupts in this house, in this nation, and in every nation for your word, the truth, the way, the truth, and the life that is Jesus Christ. Father, draw us closer. But Lord, give us the strength to lift our hands and say, here I am, Lord. Have your way in me. Depression is not mine to own anymore. For those of you who have dealt with depression, have been battling even recently the thoughts of depression, it's gone in Jesus' name. You have the victory in the name of Jesus. When that thing comes, take it captive into the obedience and knowledge of Christ. You are more than a conqueror. You have victory in His name. Anger. Those that are quick to anger. That's not your portion. It's not my portion. It's not your portion. God is good. You have the victory. You can take every thought into captivity and to the obedience and knowledge of Christ. Anger must go. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist him. It means you've got to stand strong, but you stand holding the shield of faith. Father, empower us in boldness and increase our faith in Jesus' name. And may you be glorified, not just by our words, not just by our actions, but in our love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we do one thing for me? Because I love doing this sometimes, and it just kind of struck me. But, you know, we're going to India in a couple of weeks. You might see us once or twice more. But I want to go out knowing the victory is ours. I know the victory is ours, but I want to stand with you in victory. Not just forever, but now. So I'm going to count to three. I haven't done this in a while. But when I count to three, at the end of three, I want you to just shout victory. Shout the name of Jesus. There's victory in the name of Jesus. Can you do that for me? I'm old school military. So my ears are hard of hearing. So you're going to have to really shout. I mean, shout from your toes. Okay? And if you've never done that, it looks like this. You curl your toes up like this. You lean back just a little bit. And don't knock the person behind you. And you just fill everything you have with oxygen. Some of you men, flex your abs. They're there, I promise you. And just let it out. Can you do that for me? I can't hear you. All right, on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Jesus! Hallelujah, you guys be blessed. Go with God. Meet someone you haven't met before, say hi to someone you haven't said hi before, embrace each other, love one another. It's the family of God.